Hello friends, you are in for a treat today. I have the one and only Lisa Whittle. Lisa is absolutely amazing. We had such an incredible conversation about dreaming. And Lisa is a speaker. She's a best-selling author. She's a podcast host, a Bible teacher, a ministry leader. She has an incredible ministry called called creatives she also has a ministry called ministry strong which is specifically for ministry leaders and then called creatives is specifically for writers and speakers she's a wife she's a mom she loves laughter good food the bible and she is a feisty work in progress you are going to absolutely love her we really in this conversation dived into dreaming and like what does that mean and also how to deal with the hard part of dreaming because it's not just about the dreaming it's about the doing and how do we not get overwhelmed and burnt out and how do we deal with the death of a dream and moving on from a dream and just all these facets that were so um, important and it's not always the shiny side of the marble it's we really kind of get into the nitty-gritty And I just really, really enjoyed our conversation. I believe you will too. So get ready. It's going to be a good one. Hey, dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Okay, okay, let's get started. Welcome, dreamers. I'm so excited to introduce you to Lisa Whittle. She is here today, and I've already told you a little bit about her, but Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So tell everybody a little bit about Lisa. Let's get to know Lisa. Oh, gosh. I, you know, I'm, I always struggle with these questions. This is yeah. the worst <laughs> question. I'm like, what? what who, who am I? I don't even know. <laughs> Um, do any of us know? Um, uh, no, I, um, I guess the things that people want to know are what stats, um, I, I, I know that I, uh, am a complex person, but I, I, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a Bible teacher, and I run several communities online. I've been married for 26 years. We have three kids. Um, and a dog I've had for 15 years. And um, yeah, these are, I love Jesus. I mean, I don't know what other stats to give. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I'm just really excited to talk to you today about dreams. This is a dream planning podcast. And one of the things that I love to do on this podcast is talk to people who have accomplished incredible dreams. Um, And you've done that. You're a speaker. You've published incredible books that have sold. I know a lot of people listening have a dream to write their own book and they're sitting on it and they're nervous about it. And, or they have a, you know, a flame in their heart of something God's pressed on them. And sometimes, you know, the cares of life just start to dim that flame or, um, you know, things happen that want to almost blow it out or people come into their life that are not a keeper of the flame. They're like candle blower outer. If you know what I'm talking about, those types of folks, we all have them in our lives. And, um, 
And so I'm just really excited to talk to you about your dreams, what you've accomplished, and also what you are wanting to accomplish. So let's talk a little bit about one of your dreams that you've accomplished that you can kind of share with us today. Yeah. First of all, I'm so excited we're talking about dreams because of actually from the next book that I've written, I have a whole chapter on dreams. And um, so I did a lot of research on dreams and it's, it's really interesting because I think we feel very self-indulgent when we talk about dreams, but the reality is that, you know, um, dreams are super biblical and there's, there's a, you know, at, you have a whole show on it. So you obviously already know this. I don't need to tell you that, but, um, the dream giver obviously is, um, the one who I love the most, but, uh, I think I have a couple of dreams that I've been able to achieve that I love. Um, I, I did always have the dream that I would be a mom. Um, and I know that that's, sometimes I feel, uh, that's hard when I talk about that. Cause I know some people have that dream and they're, they're, they haven't gotten to achieve that. And so, um, I'm grateful for it. Um, uh, I also never get over it because I, I think, um, sometimes when we achieve dreams, one of the things that happens is we begin to forget how much of a dream that it once was. Mm. So um, I don't want to shy away from it and lie and say that it wasn't a dream. I'm a very blunt (laughs) bottom line person. So that was a dream for me. Um, And uh, I, because of the fact that it's a dream and other folks, you know, maybe are in that longing space, I want to honor it every day by not getting over it. Doesn't mean it hasn't been hard or frustrating, but I am grateful on a, on a level non-related to family uh, work dream was, I think that I would become, um, I would, I would, my career would continue to go. Some people have the dream of being an author for me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that wasn't it, Holly, because I didn't realize that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an interior decorator. I wanted to be possibly an attorney, maybe um, a a chef, but I didn't want, I was a creative from the beginning. Like I love to create, but I didn't want to be an author. That felt hard. I didn't really, that wasn't a dream. So I can't sit here on your podcast and say, I always wanted to be. Yeah. But what I will tell you that I achieved in my career is continuing, keeping going. The dream for me was that I wouldn't quit too soon. Mm. And um, so I think what's interesting maybe that, that I can bring to this conversation is a little bit of a different look about dreams, that it's not linear, that, that dreams sometimes, and one of the things I realized as I was researching about dreams is that Sometimes we call things dreams that are just goals that we cannot let go of. And I think that's really important to understand too, because there are things that I call dreams that were actually just goals, but my heart didn't long for them anymore. And um, because dreams can sometimes change. So um, I know that's a long way around your, your question, but there were some dreams that I achieved in my life that surrounded my career of being an author certainly having a team under me, certainly having a podcast that grew to the point that it is. But those are all stats, Polly. And honestly, for me, it's just not running away from those things. That was a dream that I was able, that I've been able thus far to, to, to hold to. 
That's amazing. Not quitting. Like that's huge. Yeah. Especially when the going gets tough. I was just, I love the dream giver by the way, by Bruce. I'm such a big fan. I have the book on the shelf behind me and um, you know, there's so many things that come up as we pursue our dreams, the, the wall of fear and, you know, the border bullies and everything. But I think what it takes to achieve the dream, whatever it is for you is different than what it takes to sustain the dream. Yes. Very good. Yep. You have to have character. You have to have rest, yeah. um, endurance, fortitude. Um, yeah. And I think often we want the dream, but it's like, we have to sustain it. Even in marriage, you know, it's like what it takes to prepare, prepare for your wedding day is different than what it takes to make it to 26. To be married. <laughs> right, right. To stay married and to enjoy each other. Um, Don Cherie at our dreamer summit last year, she said, you know, living the dream is different than dreaming the dream. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, I'm a, I don't know if you're a big Enneagram person as some people are like really anti and like, that's totally fine. I'm a seven, at least I've, you know, whatever. I'm sorry if yep. I'm offending any of the listeners <laughs> and, um, I love the shiny stuff and dreaming the dreams, but it's so much different to achieve and then sustain it and to pour into it and to sacrifice for the big things that are, you know, co-creating with God and then ultimately creating fruit because that's, I think that's one of the biggest litmus tests of a good God dream is like the fruit that it produces and some fruit you have no idea it's going to produce. You have, you have no idea what God's going to do when he breathes on it. You know, I think what's um, yeah, I, 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 Yes, to all of that and amen. One of the things that I have learned through the years is that dreams are beautiful, but there, there, it's also the practicality of dreams that that God is equally invested and interested in and involved in as we involve Him, right? Because God is a practical God. So I think what's interesting, even as I was writing about it, is you know we all come into even our perceptions of dreaming, you know, and our personalities of dreaming, because we all, and the book is not about dreams, but there, there's just a chapter on it, but, but we come into it differently because some of us, mm-hmm. even the way we were raised, the, you know, the talking about dreams was informed in a certain way. Some of us are dreamers by nature. So, you know, we, we, we want people to just dream with us. And then we get frustrated if they're not like into it as much as we are, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I think what's beautiful is when, when, when we have a dream, right. And we can also say, God, help me be practical in that dream and, and understand that that doesn't water down the dream. It doesn't, it doesn't make the dream any less amazing. It just says, what are the nuts and bolts of this? How can this be lived out practically in a way that um, not only, you know, just works, but also just really honors God, because I'm just going to tell you, I've had a million different dreams that I've wanted to live. I loved a, a lot of different things and I've wanted to do a lot of different things, but because we are people with limited capacity and we only have so much time, we, we have to get practical about it. And, and some of us, we, we need God more than others in this space, right? For the practicality of the dreams. And um, so I'm a big believer in saying, look, I could do, the, do these five things. I have these five dreams, but at a certain point, I am going to have to just choose which ones or which one um, is the best use of my time, gift, and talents for the kingdom of God. 
because maybe you're multi-gifted. Maybe you have multiple dreams. That's awesome. And sometimes I think dreams are just for us be, to kill, to keep us thriving, to keep us alive. Because to me, a, to have a dream is to continue to live in a place of possibility. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. And I have the hope of possibility mm-hmm. because my father was a massive dreamer. Mm-hmm. And when I, there was a point in his life and he was, a, he was a minister and there was a point in his life when, when it got really rough and he lost his church and he was in a place of sabbatical, uh, well, forced sabbatical. So it wasn't true sabbatical, but um, I remember when he stopped dreaming because it left his eyes. And I remember thinking to myself, he needs to dream because when he stops dreaming, he stops having the hope of possibility. And that causes a lot of things, not only internally, but also our ability to be able to inspire others. Mm, That's so good. I feel like that was me uh, in my first trimester of the second pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) I was so grateful to be pregnant, you know, but at the same time I was dealing with this prenatal depression, you know, and it's like, it just, yeah. it happens. And it's so important to have people around you that can call it out of you and, and to say, you know, you need to get back into art or you need to dream again, or this season's going to pass. I recently, my sister-in-law was, you know, we were all at the lake house together, having a family time. And she just kind of reminded me, you know, like Polly, like this season's hard, <laughs> the two kids under three, like that's, that's hard, you know, like it's not supposed to be a breeze. And it was just so nice to kind of have somebody that looks at, looks at your situation and kind of just gives you that, like, you're doing great, but it's, it is okay that this is hard. And, um, you know, but we have to make that time to dream that time to sit above the thick of it and have hope and, and to, to be creative with God. I think that's, like you said, it's part of your humanity and it's, it's just so important. Um, I love that. I think, I think what you said, uh, I think what you said about the dreams and the heart of them is really important because one of the things that, that happens a lot, I think to us is we have the dream. We love it we, we nurture it. We, we, we dream about it. Like there's this, all this great buildup, right. And then maybe we get the dream or some form of the dream and it is hard. And then all of a sudden we either second guess the dream. We feel like we're doing it wrong. Um, but it, it, listen, it's never, it's never quite what we build up in our minds in some way. Like I've achieved beautiful dreams in my life, be it motherhood, be it, um, my career, whatever the case may be. And I will give full disclosure. Sometimes I'm not a great celebrator because I, I, I don't stop to celebrate like I should. But I also know that in, in all of those fulfillment of the dreams, there has still been an ache and a longing because I'm a human and we live with an ache and a longing. It's like, anytime we decide that a dream is going to be the pinnacle of our life or the dream is going to be the thing that then is it like there won't be anything else. We set ourselves up for massive failure Mm -hmm. because the world is temporary and Mm -hmm. dreams then in the, in, in that, right. Dreams fit under world (laughs) dreams Mm -hmm. fit into our world. 
because of that, they are temporary and they are going to be then temporarily satisfying and also fleeting. So if I sound like I don't believe in dreams, not at all, quite the opposite. I love them. I love dreams. They're so important. They are what keeps us thriving and going and believing and hoping. But we also at the same time, only with the help of God, can hold them so loosely that they don't become the pinnacle of our entire life. They don't become an idol. Right. Ultimately, we have to surrender that or else it can become an idol, which is where you have this unhealthy goal and dream that squashes out your time for your blessings, your time for your family. Like it has to have a place in your life under God, right? Well, under your and, blessings. Yes. And not only can they become the idolatry, but even let's just take it on even a, <laughs> a more selfish level, they will become unfulfilling. And some like we will set ourselves up for this idea that this is it and it will not be it. And so on some level, if we've had that dream, maybe we've had the dream of being a mother, we've become a mother. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, this is it. Or dream of being a wife. Oh, we're, we're married. This is going to be it. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, this is it. Okay. And, or, or the career or the, you know, whatever. I mean, I love my career, man, but it, it's, it's also hard. Mm-hmm. It's also hard. So Preach. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard. Like it, every dream that we have, just know that it's laced with human um, limitation and capacity and thus disappointment on some level. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about a dream that you are being uh, consistent with that you're pouring into. I know you've had a billion dreams. You're, I can see you're a spherical woman in the sense of you go in many directions. You have many ideas. So how do you harness that? And like, what dreams have you said, this is it full stop. Like I am focusing on this baby and this baby. And like, what are you kind Mm. of in the midst of? Yeah, it's a great question, because I think for a creative, which I am, it's it's tough, you know, Um, and I've had to I've had to realize at a certain point, um, you will have to choose, especially if you get opportunity to live out some of those dreams. Um, I have a value calendar that I stick by and I, I literally take a look at the opportunities and I put them into a grid that I've created and I say, you know, what here, here's, they fit into certain categories. What brings me joy? What, um, you know, what uses my gifts? What, how much time am I putting into things? And I have all these different categories that I, I I literally check boxes and I look down the grid and I see where I am. Um, and that has helped me make some decisions. I will also say I'm a little bit of a raw renegade type of a person. And so, listen, that works well with the Holy Spirit, right? So I really rely on the Holy Spirit to give me a sense of what, what, what do I need to let go of? And what do I need to keep doing? Um, I'm actually in a, right now I'm in a season of evaluating things because it's become so, we have so many moving parts in the ministry at this point, be it, you know, now I, 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 I now have three podcasts, um, I have a, a team of 10 interns. We have, um, I'll, I'm releasing my ninth book and uh, third Bible study soon. And we have, I have called creatives and a ministry called Ministry Strong, a speaking ministry. So we have a lot going on. Um, and I'm in a building season. I think it's very important when you, when you 
when you understand what season you're in. So um, I understand that I am on the gap. My foot is on the gas. We're on an on-ramp. But I also think it's important to look ahead and say, what is where, when are we going to go on the off-ramp and understand that you're passing a baton, that you're that you're going into a different season, that you're building to get somewhere to make it not so dependent on you um, and all of those things. And that's part of just building building a ministry, really. Um, for me, I, I my dreams involve a lot of dreams for other people at this point. Um, everyone that I have on my intern team, it's an actual coaching mentorship um, situation so that they can become employed, that they can use their gifts. I either hire them myself or help get them jobs outside of myself. I can't always do that, but I try um, help them know what they don't want to do, um, which is one of my specialties <laughs> you want to do, you know, but I think that's really important too with dreams is understanding what dreams you can let go of. And I've had to make a lot of decisions with that, Polly, in, in order to to propel into my next dream, I've had to quit another dream. And sometimes you have to do that in order to live out a better dream. Mm. And how, how do you handle like the death of a dream or like, maybe you don't call it the death, but like, you know, that severance or that, like, like letting go, like, do you just kind of bounce back or yeah, that's some of those been harder than others? Another great question. Um, and I'm telling you, I do talk about this in the new book. So um, I, how do I handle it? I guess, I, I think part of it is mourning the morning, the dream is okay. And actually, I think good. I think sometimes what, what we do is we have dreams, and then we're, they don't work out or we go on to something else and we just say, oh, well, and we turn our attention to something else, but we never really took time to mourn something, especially a dream that you've had for a very long time. It was really important. It was a part of your life. You might've spent hours on it. Maybe you doodled notebooks about it. Maybe you, you know, mocked up stuff about it. I don't know what you did, but it took you a long time to, to, to dream about it. So I think mourning it is important, whatever that looks like. Um, Maybe you need to, you know, spend some more time journaling about the morning of it. Maybe you need to see a counselor about it. I mean, there's no shame in that. Um, I think that when we understand, and I think this is crucial, when we understand that, that dreams, when we understand what dreams are, that, that sometimes they are just for us. Uh, to be able to thrive, to be able to have the hope of possibility, like I'm talking about, then we don't see them as failures as much. So I think the first important step is understanding actually how dreams can fit into our life and that they are needed for different reasons. Kind of like, it's kind of like friendships, right? So we need friendships for different things in our life. Some friends I need to go have coffee with, and that's honestly all I need them for. Just let's have coffee, touch base, whatever. It's a cool little kind of thing. Some friends I need to be able to call when I'm bawling my eyes out, right? Some friends I want to go on vacation with, but I have them in different categories of life. And some of them are different seasons. So it's the same with dreams. It's like some dreams you may just need to have. So you keep thriving, believing in the hope of possibility. Yeah. Or like a creative outlet, right? Right. Some dreams you, you just need to, to know that you still got it in you. Right. Um, some dreams you may 
are actual dreams that are going to come to fruition. So it's important. The first thing is that, you know, what you know, know what category kind of they fit in. I think that could be a good process for someone. But then I think, uh, too, you understand that uh, the dream giver doesn't run out of dreams, i.e. God. Um, he doesn't run out of dreams for you or wanting to, you know, utilize your gifts into dreams, all of that kind of process. And understand that if one dream has to die, another one can thrive. So it's kind of like the yes, no process. You say no to things that you can say yes to other things. And don't look at it like it's a burial of a dream and nothing else is going to happen in my life. Look at it as the burial of a dream so something else can live. So it's it's really those kind of processes that are really important. Otherwise, what happens is a dream dies and you say, that's all there is for me. That's it. And to me, the reason why that would happen in our life is, is because we don't really understand what dreams are. And I do just want to say, it's hard when a dream dies. I I don't want to, I don't want to go around that or shirk around that. It's really hard and you need to, you, you need to process that. And so there's that too. Yeah. I had the death of a dream before I started Horatio. I had an iPhone app that I was marinating on for like four years <laughs> and it was called, um, I'll just go ahead and share it. It was called emoji me. And I was like, you take pictures of your face and you make all these wacky faces. Then you'd have a keyboard of like your face to send off, you know, this yeah. was early in emoji time. Yeah. This is like circa 2013. Yeah. And so, um, I had some designers from my work do a wireframe. I found a d- programmer. I was working in ad tech in New York city. So I had people like kind of look at what I was doing and, um, and then all of a sudden Apple came out with a new update and this other company just came out with it. And it was like something very close to the name that I even wanted and everything. And they had like $5 million in venture capital, you know, and I was like, I'm done. Like I threw my paper and I was like, I was actually at the beach with my dad. God is so good with the timing of it for me. Cause I just, I really needed my dad. Who's like my biggest cheerleader. Um, he doesn't always understand what I do. And especially when I was working in advertising technology, just cause like the internet is not his, his place, technology in general. And mm-hmm. so, um, I remember just being like, it's done. Like I'm not doing it. And all these people sent me the article cause they knew a couple of my friends knew. And I just sat there on the porch and he was like, don't me rub your feet, baby. And he like, Get rub, you know, was, he's so sweet. And um, he was like, oh, honey, you're going to come up with something else. It's going to be even better. And I was like, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I, God, I was like, it was, I just, that was such a vivid memory for me. And it wasn't, but a month later that I really started wanting to make a planner, you know, and um, you know, there's just, there's space for that. And we, you know, if you consider yourself a dreamer and you go after it, there is a sense of vulnerability because you're, you're kind of conceiving these things. And then it's like, some of them are born and some are not. And it's, um, you know, the conception's fun, but like getting to birth, having the birth and then growing the thing, it's, it's a whole process and it's worth every step of it to see that thing take legs and walk and, you know, um, start making a difference in the world. Um, So it's, yeah, I hope this has been kind of encouraging. I'd love to know a little more about called creative and like what you're yeah. doing over there with women and helping them, you know, pursue their dreams. 
Yeah, that's been such a joy. Um, so in 20, January 2020, um, a good friend of mine, Allie Worthington, and I co-founded that. Um, and really, it was right, you know, before the, the major pandemic hit, right, of course, we didn't know. Um, but what we wanted to do was have a place for people who were creative, specifically people who wanted to write, speak, podcast, creative entrepreneur, things that Allie and I both have very much in common. Our personalities are very different, but we have a lot of the facets of what we do in common. And um, we wanted to have a place that we could create not only community, which was really important, a community, because a lot of us, if we do things like that, we have friends in our life that we love so much, but they don't get at all what we do. They're like, what do you do again? It's like this internet stuff. I don't, I don't get it quite. And so we wanted to create a community for that, but also we wanted to answer a lot of questions that we had when we were starting out that we had no one to help us with. And so we created this community. It was immediately very well received. And um, we've just helped a ton of women. And it's so exciting because not only has the community has grown, but it's we've also kind of grown into different facets of that community. So, you know, now it has mastermind groups where those women can connect and create their own little kind of collective groups where they can help each other out with their with jobs, with, um, you know, vetting their material or whatever. And they meet some of them have become best friends, literally. Um, and um, so we have that and we have started um, a publishing house. And so our publishing house um, is actually for for people to have their dream of being published come true, because you know, for me as a, someone who's been in the publishing business, uh, writing business for, oh gosh, I don't know, since 2006, um, I have gone through my own process with this. I've faced rejections. We all do. If you're in the creative space, you're going to have rejection. Um, but I didn't have anybody to help me. Uh, I, I, I had to do it myself. And there's, there's a lot of value in that. But then there's also a lot of women who are weary of this and they have been through the process. They've had so many rejections and they have this story that they want to tell. And, 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 and they have this, um, this gift and they have this, this message that God has put on their heart. And I just was, you know, we were, we were feeling like, how can these women have this, but not have a place to tell it? And there's only such a small margin that get chosen. Mm-hmm. And to have women feel like they have to wait to be chosen was just not okay. Not okay. I thought, no, we can't do that. So we started this publishing house and um, you have to be a member of called creatives, but we will publish your work and it's a partner publishing situation. And one of the things I love about the, about it the most Polly is we don't take any royalties and that is unheard of. If you know anything about hybrid or partner publishing, um, most, I don't know of any other place that doesn't take royalties and most of them take like 90% of the royalties. So for us not to, we just wanted women to own their own content. Like we're all about elevating women's gifts and um, opportunities for them in this space. So we're putting our money where the mouth is. It's so exciting. That is so stinking cool. I know there's so many people listening that want to publish their thing. So, I mean, can I ask a few more questions about that? Uh, please. I'm obviously in the printing space, so I'm uber curious. Yeah. So what's the journey of somebody that, that joins Cog Creatives and then publishes with you? Like, what does that look like? 
Well, we just opened Cold Creatives Publishing Friday. So, oh my gosh. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> so you may be asking questions that I don't know. We have a COO that can answer all the like nuts. Sure. And bolts. Also, they can go to our website, which answers all the questions. And this is what we tell people. If they're interested in this partner publishing, then they need to go fill out the application because it's a very, it's a very intuitive process and they can see kind of where they are, where they need to be. Because what will happen is depending on where someone is in their manuscript. So say they have, say they have it done. They're in a different place in the queue where some with someone that is says I have an idea or I'm I've got two chapters written but I still have a lot more to do or I have a concept but I need some help those people will be referred for book coaching or whatever their needs are we will have we do have services that people can can hire we have people that we're recommending for book coaching for marketing once their book does get released um, Allie and I, and you can see when you go to the website, there's two different package options, but Allie and I do help inform in the concept of the book, um, which also is very rare. Uh, if you go to another hybrid publisher, you won't have that from someone um, that has, you know, been through the uh, rigor of it. And um, so we do that. And I think with our, with one of our packages, we actually inform more than once. So there's different levels to this, but the first thing I would say is go to the website check it out and fill out an application. If you think you're interested, it doesn't commit you, doesn't sign you, doesn't do any of that. There's, believe me, there's much more of a process than that, but it does help you get in the queue. And then we can refer you to whatever you need. Maybe you need some book coaching that you want to hire out for. Um, maybe you need, cause we, what we do is we publish the book um, once it is ready we will do an edit. We do, we do do a, just a very basic edit for you. And you can see again on all the package, everything we do on the package options is listed on the website. That's amazing. So at the end of this, the person would have a book in their hand and would it yeah. potentially be listed on Amazon? Or? Oh no, it's definitely listed on Amazon. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't fill that in. Thank you for asking. Yeah, you're good. Um, we, we put the book on Amazon for you. Um, we do all of those things that any hybrid or partner publishing does, does for you, which is you, you will have a book on Amazon. You also have your author copy and, and all of that in your hands, but um, you'll have a book on Amazon and we, it's a, it's about a three month process. Uh, we're not making a total commitment to timeline yet because we need to do sure. our book to make sure. Also, we all know that production at this point is out of our hands to some degree, but we feel fairly confident in saying, Hey, you know, if your book is ready, you're a member of called creatives, you get in the queue. We can, you can probably have your book by the first of the year. Um, you know, if all goes well. So yeah, it's exciting. It's very, very exciting. And um, we just can't wait. We have already had a lot, a lot of people that are excited about this and wanting to do it. But the first step would be to join Cog Creatives because you have to be a member of the community. But I will tell you, the, the, the best thing about that, though, is anything you need to know about writing, about titling, about um, email list, about, you know, to help you promote your book, to building your website, to uh, is all in called creatives. That's what you get in called creatives. So if someone was like, well, I, I, I want to write a book, but I don't even know how to title it or how to put my chapters together or any of that. 
We have free book proposal on there. Allie and I coach through all of that process of value statements and everything you would need to know. So if someone's brand new, you know, they can do that. And that's why we, we, we want you to be a member because we coach you in there. We're, right. we're literally coaching you about right. your book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want them to succeed and that's why you built this. You want them to go through the process and have the resources so that it, it, it takes off and it succeeds. That's amazing. I love what y'all are doing. And there's so many people that want to publish their book. And so that's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Cover design will be done too. I didn't mention that, but we have cover designers that are going to do a great job on this. We're excited about that. And um, yeah. So you'll have your book. It'll be exciting. It'll be on there on Amazon, just like my books. I hear you. Wow. Your foot is on the gas. I love it. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've just, I really enjoyed our conversation about dreams. I appreciate your honesty and it was so good to connect with you and get to know you more. So I guess tell everybody where they can go is called creatives.com and then how to connect with you as well. Yeah, actually, they can find anything out from any of the ministries, including called creatives. If they go to lisawittle.com, that has literally everything they could want to know. But um, certainly they could go to calledcreatives.com and go ahead and see all the see all the things there that we talked about on the in the sense of writing, speaking, creative work, all that. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick five-second review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Horatio Printing or Polly underscore pain. Simply take a screenshot of this podcast episode, pop it into your Instagram story and tell me what you liked about it. Be sure to tag me so I can repost you. One last thing before you go, if you have a dream to create your own planner, devotional or journal, I would love to teach you my method for how to print your thing. I will teach you how to design it, how to print it and how to distribute it. I give all my students access to Horatio Printing's printer, and I will even buy your first sample for you and teach you how to do a Kickstarter to get all the pre-order money you need to get it printed. Sounds like a deal? Head over to HoratioPrinting.com backslash print school to enroll in print school today. And remember, you are so loved.